Hello and welcome to this week's Rennick Centre podcast. My name is Trudy Smith and I am the Manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Rennick Centre. Lovely to welcome one of our friends of the podcast series, Kay Scott, who's with us again. For those who haven't met you before, Kay, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Trudy. Um, lovely welcome. Uh, my name's Kay Scott. I'm a teacher of the deaf and I've worked in deaf education for more years than I care to remember. Um, the last three years I've been doing a PhD full time and I'm working uh, on my finishing my PhD early next year and it's about theory of mind. So today that's what my focus is going to be. Thank you, Kay. And so the title that you've given us for today's podcast, Walking on Stilts While Juggling, why we need to consider theory of mind. And I'm going to need you to explain that to me. That's a pretty interesting title. <laughs> Thanks, Trudy. Um, I chose the title because, as you know, to me, it personifies the problems we as teachers have reconciling how to teach children to learn or learn to read rather. Um, as a young teacher, I struggled to understand why there wasn't just one comprehensive way or one method for teaching children to learn to read. But, you know, in hindsight, there is no one size fits all. Children learn to read in very different ways. Um, Perfetti and Stafura in 2014 noted that a single theory of reading is not possible as there are multiple components in the reading process. So... Really, uh, models of reading are like a snapshot because reading is a continuous, recursive and multi-leveled process. However, models of reading help educators develop an understanding um, of the reading process by identifying the complex processes involved. So that's where my title comes from. While we as adults take reading for granted, when children are learning to read, be they typically hearing or deaf or hard of hearing, for many reasons, it's like walking on stilts while trying to juggle. So I guess having a model of reading helps us visualise what components are missing or lacking when students fail to learn to read, and particularly when they fail to develop reading comprehension when learning to read. So to take that metaphor just a little bit further, is it the stilt walking that is difficult? Is it the juggling that's tricky? Or is it doing the two things together that make it tricky? Or is it perhaps because walking is tricky? So in terms of reading, if we look at the simple view of reading, which is a model of reading, we know that the oral language of the child and the children's phonological skills and orthographic skills are important when we're developing reading comprehension. But as I've sort of said, you know, reading models are really complicated by the knowledge that some skills are important at particular stages in the development of reading, but are often not seen. You know, the same skills we don't see in mature readers because they've become autonomised. Uh, so sometimes we need to look back at the skills we expect children to find um, expect children to have to find out why they're experiencing difficulty. Okay, so 
that analogy now makes perfect sense to me and I actually have a really clear understanding of what you're talking about and just how difficult this is. So I hear that models of reading are important, and but at this point, theory of mind has not really been widely included as a model for reading. Why do you think it's so important now? Well, you know, as I've matured and the grey hairs have come through, <laughs> uh, so is my understanding of how children learn to read. And uh, my experience, backed by current research, indicates there are still many components in the reading process that we don't really fully understand. So what do I mean by that? Well, there are components that are only now beginning to be understood and the impact of those components and the impact on students mastering reading skills um, and the interlinking of those skills are just now starting to emerge. So while some research has been implied or noted that theory of mind is important in the reading process, there is as yet not a lot of evidence to prove this. Okay, so obviously this is a podcast around kids with sensory disability. So talk to me about why theory of mind is so important for students who are deaf or hard of hearing. Okay. Um, well, there are a couple of reasons. We know that many students who are deaf and hard of hearing have failed to develop age-appropriate theory of mind skills. And there's a bit of a rider on top of that because we know that kids, students who are deaf and hard of hearing who use Auslan as their first language don't fall into the same bucket. They're, they're a little bit different and they sure. have normally developing theory of mind skills. But for most, for 85% of children who are deaf or hard of hearing, we know that they haven't achieved the same level of theory of mind skills as typically hearing children. And there's a lot of evidence that really links theory of mind development to pragmatic language. And as professionals, we know that this impacts on the student's ability to build and maintain relationships. But my research takes this a little bit further and suggests that theory of mind skills can also impact on the development of reading comprehension skills. Okay, so what you're saying is that theory of mind might be the, one of those missing pieces of the puzzle in understanding why children who are deaf or hard of hearing fail to develop those age-appropriate reading comprehension skills. Correct, correct. So my reading, my current project, which is broken into two distinct studies, involves 27 students from foundation to year six, and it's in the final stages, yay. And the results <laughs> from study one indicate a few really interesting things. So it reinforces the idea about delayed development. So my students, uh, my 27 students, there was a great number of students who had below average or what we would expect as um, the same skill set uh, for theory of mind as for normally developing children. That was a bit clunky. But the, what I really might mean is um, that their development of theory of mind was below that you would expect for a typically hearing student. And this is consistent with the work of, you know, lots of researchers, Peterson in 2004, Peterson and Wellman in 2019. And they found that the children, um, the same thing, they have delayed theory of mind. But the other really interesting finding is that there is a correlation in my students between their theory of mind development and their reading comprehension skills. So children in my study whose 
who are deaf and hard of hearing, who had below, ab below average theory of mind skills, many of them had below average reading comprehension skills. There was a really good correlation between those two skills. Yep. So while, you know, it's a small study, it does provide some evidence to suggest that, that testing and monitoring theory of mind skills and theory of mind development in children who are deaf and hard of hearing is really important, particularly for those kids who enter school with delayed theory of mind skills. So, you know, testing theory of mind skills just adds another layer of information about the developing skills of kids um, and particularly in emerging readers. If a child has typically developing oral language skills, typically developing phonological awareness and orthographic skills, but is not developing skills commensurate with their peers in reading comprehension, then exploring theory of mind and the theory of mind development may provide further information about why students who are not why students are not progressing as, as expected. Okay, so if a student's theory of mind skills aren't age appropriate, what can we do as teachers to improve those skills? Well, being able to assess theory of mind skills is really important and I urge you to um, learn how to do that because it's a really important skill which teachers definitely really able to do. Um, but there are some really terrific interventions which have been shown to improve young students' theory of mind skills. Um, but in my study too, uh, in the second part of my project, um, it, we explore an intervention which was based on the work of other researchers that has really evolved into a different sort of intervention. And uh, one of the outcomes of my project will be this intervention which can be implemented by teachers of the deaf. Um, and hopefully, well, my intervention has shown that it does improve theory of mind skills. And we know that this can impact on reading comprehension skills of these children. So being able to implement an, uh, an intervention will help that group of children. And those students who are deaf and hard of hearing can learn to walk on stilts while juggling so stay tuned for the intervention, it's up and coming, and I'm looking forward to finishing my research and sharing my findings. And we cannot wait to hear what those findings are. Okay, I love the way that you've wrapped the analogy around this presentation. It's certainly really intriguing and we cannot wait to hear more. For anybody who um, wasn't with us for the Itinerant Teacher of the Deaf Conference last week, you still can and register that and listen to Kay talk about um, theory of mind assessment, if that was something that piqued your interest during this presentation. But Kay, we hope that you'll come back and talk to us once you've finished this study and written it all up and you are Dr. Kay Scott. But for now, thank you so much for your time. We're really delighted to have you back and we look forward to hosting you again another time. Thank you, Trudy. It's always a pleasure. And uh, thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Pleasure. Just to let everybody know, we are about to take our two-week school holiday break. So we are going to leave you after Kay's podcast and we will be back with you in early October. We will see you all next time. Bye.